that Esau has in, in his father is not a very good one. He has a dad who's very focused on food. <clears throat> he loves him, the Bible tells us, because he ate of his venison. He ate of his meat. So he loved him, and his soul loved this food. And he thinks he's going to die, and he's not. He's going to live for a lot longer. But because he thinks he's going to die, he wants to get this, get this food, and then he's going to bless Esau. And there's a picture there of a carnality that affects Esau. And we need to understand that <clears throat> what we are affects those around us, particularly our children. Right? <clears throat> but that, that, that's not, not our message for the, this morning. Right? Verse 5, And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, and make me savory meat, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord uh, before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock, and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will feel me, and I shall seem to him a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice, and go and fetch me them. Now, second issue here, that's not our issue for the morning, is, <clears throat> is Rebekah. You know what? <clears throat> Jacob is a deceiver, a supplanter, a trickster. But you know where he learned it? On mommy's knee. Now, he, he perfected the art, probably much better than mom ever had, had it down. But you know, mom didn't mind deceiving dad so that her favorite son could get the blessing. And honestly, the stuff you don't deal with in yourself, you deal with in your kids. That's just what happens. It just comes up again. It keeps coming up again because if you don't deal with it, other people are going to be affected by it. Other people are going to have it to deal with too. Uh, so <clears throat> uh, Jacob has it to deal with. I want you to notice though about Jacob that he does actually have a pang of conscience here. Now I'm not sure whether it's conscience or whether he's just afraid of the consequences. But what he's saying is, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. If I do that, my dad will find out that I'm just deceiving him and he's going to curse me, not bless me. <clears throat> but you know what Rebecca does? She says, I'll take the curse. Just do what I'm going to tell you. I'll take the curse. Right. <clears throat> Verse 14, And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat such as his father loveth. And Rebekah took goodly raiment from her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. That's a lie. That's an open, clear deception. That's using the fact that his dad's sight is pretty bad now. And he's actually telling an outright lie. He's just <clears throat> deceiving his father. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, and that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. He uses God to back up his lie. That's pretty bad now. This, this, this guy is catching on very, very quickly to, uh, to, to, to deception, right? <clears throat> and Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very own Esau or not. 
my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. He lies outright to him. By the way, understand this. Isaac knew it wasn't Jacob. He just let himself be convinced. He knew it wasn't Esau. He just let himself be convinced. And here's the thing. When somebody's lying to you, don't let them convince you. Stand your ground on what you know, because usually you're going to come out right. Oftentimes you hear of a child convincing their parents of something that the parent, in all their understanding, knows is just plain not true. But because the child lies so fervently and so powerfully that the parent goes with it, don't go with it. Listen, mom, if, if your child is lying to you, you know it, and just stand your ground and it'll all tumble out and it'll be a help to the kid. Don't go with the lie. Don't, don't, don't just take it on board. <clears throat> uh, Isaac actually knew this wasn't Esau. He, he, he said it's Jacob's voice. Now, how could Esau have had Jacob's voice? I mean, yes, so he might have been hairy. Yes, so he might have smelled like him, but he couldn't have had his voice. They couldn't have changed voices somehow. He knew. When somebody's lying, you know it. Don't let them push you and push you and push you. I, <clears throat> uh, he needed to, to, to react to it. But again, that's a, that's a separate issue altogether. Uh, verse 25 and he said bring it near to me and I will eat, that I eat my son's venison and my soul may bless thee and he brought it near to him and he did eat and he brought him wine and he drank and his father Isaac said and come now and kiss me my son he's still not sure but he goes ahead and he blesses him and um, <clears throat> Jacob gets the blessing and just, be, just when they're finished uh, <clears throat> Esau comes back having killed the, 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 the deer and he's got the, the food made for dad and dad says are you really Esau? Oh, no, I've given the blessing to to Jacob. And in verse 41 there, it says, And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. So hatred is born in this family because of this deception. Now, Now, let's think it through here for a second. Why would you steal a blessing? Why would you steal it? Why would you deceive and steal? Obviously, the blessing was a blessing of God in his life. I mean, why would you do that? Well, there are several reasons. Obviously, because he doesn't understand the ways of God very well. But the other side of it is that he doesn't trust God to do good by him. Jacob does not trust that God's going to do good by him, so he's going to help God along. Have you ever done that? You ever helped God along in a blessing? You weren't, you weren't sure God was going to do it the way you wanted it, so what you did was you just kind of helped him along. You got involved in it. And it's incredible what we can do. We can actually do something wrong to help God. He is lying barefaced to his father in order to get the blessing that God has for his brother. And, and we can do that. We can lie. We can cheat. We can steal. We can sign our names to things that are not true. You know, we, can, we can tell untruths to get the blessing that we want from God and even use God's name in the blessing. Now, you know what? <clears throat> you don't need to do any of that because God is going to bless you. How do we know God's going to bless you? Because that's who God is. God lives to bless us in a sense. Right, the Bible says, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
You know, you can either be like Jacob and go about making it happen and doing your own thing and trying to kind of, you know, <clears throat> you know somehow steal the blessing of God, or, or, or you can diligently seek him and just depend upon the fact that he keeps his word and he's going to bless you. But we have a problem trusting God. And so did Jacob. Jacob had a problem trusting God. Could God have blessed him? Well, yes, of course God could bless him. Did he have reason to believe God was going to bless him? Well, yes. Because God had told uh, his mother that he was going to rule over, uh, over his older brother. God had told him there was going to be blessing there for him. But, you know, he couldn't trust God. He couldn't depend upon God. And that's a big issue for us. And the problem is that you and I, in ourselves, don't want to walk by faith. We want to make things happen. We want to be the one engineering it. We want to be the one making it happen. We want to be sure that it happens the way we want it to happen, so we're going to do it. And even when we're, when we're doing godly things, even when we're doing so, so-called spiritual things, we can do it in a way where actually we're making it happen. If you have to do something wrong to bring about a blessing from God, it's not the blessing you're looking for. <laughs> you, need, you need not to do something wrong to bring about a blessing from God. You need not to do something wrong to bless your life in any way because it won't be a blessing in your life. Whenever you do something wrong to bring about blessing, you know, jo- uh, Jacob is right, you're going to turn the blessing into a curse. It's not going to be a help in your life. And, and you see, Jacob actually had the blessing of God upon his life, but what he does now is he brings the curse of Esau upon his life by stealing his blessing. And he's going to live in fear of Esau. And by the way, Rebecca thinks to bless the one she loves and she loses him on the head of it. She never sees him again. He has to flee from Esau and she never gets to see him again. You, know, you don't have uh, to do something wrong to bring blessing in your life. You see, you have to walk with God by faith, depending upon him, trusting him to bring the blessing. Do you realize that Jesus reserved uh, his worst rebukes for his disciples in the area of faith. Do you know that? When they had a lack of faith, listen, that's when he goes after them. I'm sure they got it wrong all the time. But you know, it's, it's the areas of, where they show a lack of faith that Jesus goes after them. Let me read you just some of the verses. Mark 6.30 says, Wherefore God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? How often do we worry about provision and care for us? And you know what it is? It's because we've got a little faith. O ye of little faith. Our Heavenly Father has promised to take care of us. Matthew 8, 26 says, <clears throat> and that they're in the midst of a storm and the ship's going to go down. Uh, he says, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. He rebukes them having little faith. In fact, in Mark 4.40, he says, how is it that you have no faith? How is it that you won't depend upon me to take care of you? You see, the heart of the issue for Jacob is he's not going to depend upon anyone to take care of him. He's going to make it happen himself. That's the kind of man he is. And even though he's looking for the blessing of God, he's going to help God, make sure he gets the right blessing, and make sure he works it out. And that's his life. He's always doing it. But you know, the, the, the heart of it is he's no faith. He does not trust God to take care of him. 
He does not trust God to look after him. Uh, Matthew 14, verse 31, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Peter was sinking in the water after walking on the water, and Jesus reached out his hand and said, Oh, Peter, O thou of little faith. Now, I would have said, you know what? Listen, Peter had great faith. Because I'd never stepped out of the boat. <clears throat> I love the sea, but I love the sea from the dry land. I think it's a great place uh, when you can look at, the, look at it from the dry land and see the waves and everything else. I would never have stepped out of the boat in a stormy sea, not in a fit. I don't even know why he wanted to. But he did. And he thinks he has great faith, but, but immediately he begins to sink because he has no faith. And really what Jesus is saying to him is, did you think I would let you sink, Peter? How many times have you been guilty of thinking he would let you sink. How many times have you been guilty of living and thinking, oh, it's all undone, it's going to fall apart. And listen, the way Jesus responds to these things, it's not just, oh, you poor things, you need to trust me more. He actually rebukes them for not depending upon him. <clears throat> Matthew 16, verse 8, When Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because you have brought no bread? They had no bread. They forgot the bread, right? It's our own fault. We deserve to starve. Uh, and he's, he's getting on us because we have no bread. And Jesus says again to them, <clears throat> O ye of little faith, do you really think I'm going to let you starve? Do you really think I don't have the power to actually take care of you? You see, <clears throat> God responds to faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. God loves faith. And we have a multitude of ways of exercising no faith or little faith. You know, what we do is we operate on our own capacity, doing our own thing, and we miss what God is doing. Look, one last verse, Hebrews 3, verse 17 through 19 says, But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So they could not enter in because of unbelief? You see, faith is the door. It's the key that opens the door to all that God has for us. Tozer said that faith, faith is the, the vitamin, uh, a vitamin apart from which you can get nothing from God. Depending upon him to be him. And living like that is the key to blessing from God. And what Jacob is doing is, Jacob is saying, well, that's okay, right and fine, but you know what? I'm not sure what he's going to do. I need to make it happen. He's going to live his life like that. And many Christians live their lives like that. Well, I know God wants to bless me, and I know, but you know what? I'm going to help him along. And listen, it's not helping him along at all. It's do, you doing your own thing. It's the life of self in full flight. And oftentimes, that's exactly where we are. Let me give you a list of things that faith does for us. Faith opens up the door to every blessing that is ours in Christ. We have access by faith. We have sonship by faith. We have righteousness by faith. We have forgiveness of sins and sanctification by faith. We have cleansing by faith. We have Christ indwelling by faith. We receive the Holy Spirit by faith. We inherit the promises by faith. We have victory over the world by faith. We have victory over evil Uh, by faith, over the evil one by faith. We have victory over circumstances and difficulties by faith. We are kept through faith. We have power through faith. Faith, depending upon God to bless, is the key to your Christian life. It's the key. But we have such a hard time doing it. We have such a hard time doing it. The self-life just wants to organize it ourselves because... <clears throat> 
We're not sure God would do what we want him to do. You know what? God doesn't do what you want him to do, then it's not the best thing. Do you know that? You can trust him to know what's best for you. You can trust him to work it out. You don't have to lie and cheat and steal to bless your life. You need to trust him. What he brings is ultimately going to show you, be shown to be the blessing. Jacob was blessed. He didn't know it though. Jacob's going to be blessed, but he's never going to rest in the blessing. He's going to live a life that's miserable. Why? Because Jacob is always engineering his own blessing. He's always engineering. He's always making it happen. It's the life of self trying to be spiritual. And Jacob just spends his whole life doing it. And you have to have faith to walk with God. There's no way for you to walk with God and know his blessing apart from faith. That means you have to trust him. That means you have to rest in him. Listen, when it came to your salvation, you got saved by faith, yeah? Came a point in time where you said, listen, I can't do this thing. I'm on my way to hell. Apart from Jesus, I'm going to trust in what he did. And what did he do? He saved you. Do you have to earn it? No. There's nothing you have to do to earn it because it's impossible for you to earn it. But you know, <clears throat> the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And it's not just talking about salvation. Just, we're going to live by faith. We've got to live in dependence upon him. We're dependent upon him for absolutely everything. Everything in our lives, we're dependent upon him by faith. We've got to walk with him by faith. But the life of self is constantly taking it to me and doing it my way because I'm not sure I can trust him to work it out the right way. I need to make it happen. I need to make something happen. I'll just help him along. He knows I don't want anything apart from what he wants for me, but this would be a real help in the situation. So I'll just kind of, you know, listen, I'll just... <clears throat> twist things around a little bit so I can have it and it'll be fine. No, it won't be fine. You're going to bring trouble in your life. Lots of, lots of Christians bring lots of trouble in their lives because what they're doing is they're making stuff happen themselves. We're addicted to it. It's the life of self. Now, <clears throat> let's look at some tests of the self-life, right? Let, let, let's test your self-life. Ready? ready? <clears throat> okay, Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Way down to verse 26. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also... He cannot be my disciple. Now, let me explain to you. The idea of hating here is not the idea of where you detest, you despise, you know, um, you want to hurt or do damage to. The idea of hating is comparative term, comparative to love, right? You know, about Jacob. It's it's said that that Jacob loved um, Rachel and he hated Leah. Well, it doesn't mean that he despised Leah. He has six kids with Leah, right? So listen, it's not that he absolutely hates Leah. It's just that his love for Rachel was so great that Leah was left in the hapney place. And God responded to it, by the way. But it was wrong. So when it comes here to the idea of hating, it's not the idea of you detest, despise. Or <clears throat> it's, it's the idea of, by comparison, your love 
for one makes the other look like hatred. Right? So your love for God makes your love for these other things look like hatred. Do you love God more than any relationship in your life? Is there some relationship in your life that you're willing to displease God to keep things right with that person? Now, God knows us. Relationships are very important to us. Relationships are a huge part of our life, but there's some relationship in your life, and you're willing to do wrong by God just to please him. You know what? You're not worthy of being his disciple. doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. But what's happening for you is you're living with stuff. You see, right in there, sandwiched in that verse is, <clears throat> and his own life also. You see, the reason we love all these other things, and the reason we love things more than we love God is because we love us more than we love God. And like Jacob, we want life to be good for me. So if life is going to be good for me, I have to actually keep the people around me happy. And so even though God might be displeased, I will keep these people happy. You can do it in a, in a husband-wife relationship. You can do it with your children. You can do it with a parent. You can do it in a work situation. You can do it in any number of relationships. You know something is wrong. Somebody else wants you to do something wrong and it's going to cost you in the relationship if you do the wrong thing, but you're going to do it just to keep them happy. And you say everything's right between me and God. He knows I had to do that. No, he doesn't. You just made a choice. You made a choice. that, And you really understand this. That's not because you loved the person more. That's because you loved you more. That's because you wanted it happy for you. You love self more. The people who can love best are the people who love God first. They can really love best because this, and he puts it right in their hearts. Okay, so that's the first test. Do you love God more than you love anyone else? The second test is found there in verse... um, Verse 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And here's the issue. The issue is Jesus was going to the cross. These guys knew what a cross was about. A cross was about death. It was about the end of you. It was about uh, no more good things. You know, somebody who took up their cross, they they weren't coming back to enjoy anything of life. All that they wanted was gone, and it was replaced by this awful, horrible thing called a cross. Now, here's what Jesus is saying to you. Are you willing to sacrifice all that you want in favor of what I want for you. Are you willing to put yourself in my hands so that whatever I want is what counts and you're willing to put yourself to one side completely? You know what that means? That means all your ambitions go. You got plans for your life. You're going to do, you, you're going to do this and you're going to do that and you're going to do this. Listen, <clears throat> they become secondary to what God wants for you. You're no longer doing what you want to do now. Listen, you're bought with a price. You're living for somebody else. Your life becomes his. It changes for you. When you look at your life, is that true for you? You know, oftentimes what's happening for us as Christians is we're, we're, we're living our lives and claiming to be disciples. Oh, I'm serving God. But my service for God is fulfilling my own ambition. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm actually doing what I want to do. Listen, you can't do what you want to do. I can't do what I want to do if I'm going to be a disciple. I can't have a plan for my life. 
He, he, listen, his plan overrides all my plans. His plan, you know, dictates what my plans are going to be. My plan has to be his plan. And by the way, that's, that's more than just him giving you a direction. That's you being in submission to him. That's you yielding to him. That's Jesus going to the cross and not wanting it and saying, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's a life lived where I want his will, not mine. I wonder, is that true of you today? I wonder, is that who you really are today? Are you in the place where your life is given to him and you're yielded to him and it's about him and not you? You see, if we'd asked Jacob, Jacob would have said, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 you know, oh definitely. You know, I'm, I'm all about God. That's, I mean, God's my life. You know, I pray and I've seen the ladder. And, you know, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm all about God. But he wasn't. He was all about Jacob. With a veneer of being all about God. Now, to be fair to him, God saw the heart and God actually took him at his heart and kind of dealt with him in the sense that he was all about God. But all the trouble he brought into his life because he was doing his own thing. He was doing his own thing. And it's interesting that he says, well, God led me to the venison. God led me to it quickly. You know, he, he, he's not afraid to bring God in to his deception. You know, what's happened in his life is he's blurred. You know, there's the, the life of Jacob and, and, and the life of God, and he's blurred the two and brought them in together. I think we do that so easily. I think we so easily come to the place where we're doing our own thing and, and claiming it uh, to be God's. <clears throat> How about you? Is God more important to your goal, to you than your goals? If God were to say to you, listen, I know that's what, what looks best for you, but this is what I want you to do. What would you do? Would you say, well, I'm going to do what God wants, or I'm going to do what looks best? Now, by the way, that's, that's, that's a hard issue to deal with. That means you dying to self so that you can live unto him. But that's the whole issue. See, there is no remedying the self-life. You can't rehabilitate or reform self. You can have more palatable self and less palatable self. Okay, so you have, you have somebody who's going around with a gun and sticking it in people's uh, chests and, and taking their money off them. Well, that's not very palatable self-life, right? But we'll say they change, you know, and they realize, listen, sticking guns in people's chests is wrong. It gets you in big trouble. I don't want to go to prison anymore. And they stop doing that. And they start living life for themselves. But now they're selling cars that are uh, below par and just kind of ripping people off. It's still the same self-life working. And you know what? You can even do it in Christian circles. We can have it that we're, we're, you know, we're on the outside, we're living for God. But in the inside, listen, you know what we're doing? We're just living for self. And it's the self And the only remedy for self is death. We'll look at that in a minute. Last test, though, <clears throat> uh, is he must be more important to you than any possession. Look at verse 33. So likewise, whosoever he, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Is Jesus more important to you than anything that you have? In other words, would you sacrifice anything that you have in order to please him. Would you let it go. In order to please him. You see that's kind of the key. You know in relationships. Would you sacrifice any relationship to please him. You know in ambitions. Would you sacrifice any ambition to please him. W would you sacrifice anything to please him. You see that's the, the key issue for us. The key issue is. Is he more important or are you. 
and, and, and don't fudge it. You know, don't, 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 don't play with it. Discipleship, somebody said, refuses to let us skate through life on religious cliches. Discipleship is real. God says, no, is this true? And I guarantee you, he will ask you over and over again in your life, am I really more important to you than these things? And he's, listen, he knows how to do it. He knows how to get you in the place where he's asking you the question. But that's real discipleship. That's where the real blessing in life lies. And you see, when we look at these things and we say, that's not true of me. The problem for us is self. The problem for us is Jacob is alive and well and living within us. We're much more like him than we pretend. We're much more like him than, than we can see. You know, I think everybody around Jacob could, could look at Jacob and say, yeah, <clears throat> look at that guy. His name is Jacob, and that's just what he is. He's a trickster. You want to watch him. You want to be careful around him. I mean, listen, uh, he, he, he will pull a fast one on you as quick as he would look at you. But if you ask Jacob, Jacob, no, 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 I'm just a good businessman. Yeah, listen, I just do, the, I just do it well. I'm just good at what I do. He wouldn't have seen it that way. But you know, the truth is, self has this wonderful way of making self look good. Self has this wonderful way of, you know, listen, just just varnishing it, making it look good so that you feel good about it and you imagine everybody else feels good about it too. You know, Laban didn't feel very good about Jacob's self-life. Yeah. Rachel didn't feel very good about it. Leah didn't feel very good about it. In fact, his boys didn't feel very good about it. Nobody felt very good about it. Jacob was the only one that did. He caused a lot of pain for a lot of people, more himself than anybody else, because, you know what? He was full of self. He was doing it his own way. You see, we all want to be filled with the Spirit. Yet we sang, O to be like thee. And I think the genuine heart of every born-again believer is to be like him. I, I, I think that's our hearts. I don't think, you know, <clears throat> that's strange for us. You know, we want to be like him, but the problem is we can't be like him if we're full of self. We can't be like him if it's all of me. There's got to be a changing. There's got to be a yielding. There's an answer. There's a solution, and the solution is simply this, death to self. Self's got to go. Self's got to die. <clears throat> uh, Jesus said in John twelve twenty four, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die... It bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. There's a choice for you to make. Either you recognize, look, the life of self has got to go. The life of self is not going to do it for me. I want it to be him, and you yield yourself to him completely, and you die to self. Die to the wishes. Die to the ambitions. Die to the loves. Die to the things and live unto him. Or you continue to live unto self. Let's think of Jacob's life for a second and then we're going to be done, right? <clears throat> Just imagine that Jacob had listened to a message like that and said, Oh, he's, he's talking about me. That's me. That's what I've been like all my life. 
I've spent my whole life making it happen, helping God out, tricking, lying, and cheating to help God make, bring blessing. In my, and if only I had realized that God's blessing would have been a whole lot better for me. If only I had realized that, listen, the blessing of God in my life was what I needed and I didn't need to make anything happen myself. From now on, it's going to be God and not Jacob. Lord, take this old Jacob life, this old trickster, this old supplanter, and Lord, let it be you. Lord, I'm giving up on my dreams. I'm giving up on my ambitions. I'm giving up, Lord, on the relationships that I'm making happen. I'm giving up on all the things I want, Lord, and I'm putting it all in your hands. And Lord, you give me whatever you want me to have, and I'm going to be happy with it, Lord. And he dealt with the issue of self, finally. Do you think God would have responded to him? Do you think he would have known blessing in his life? Do you think he would have known blessing that he could have felt? Because he had blessing, he just couldn't feel it. Of course he would. And you know, <clears throat> when it comes to you this morning, the, the, the truth is exactly the same. You, you can live your life for self and you, can for, and you can make it happen and you can help God along and you can work it out and you, know, you can trick yourself and trick others and, and get blessings that aren't yours and you can do all of it. But you'll never enjoy it. You have to finally put yourself in his hand. And let him give you what he wants to give you. Now you say, but that's scary. Well, it is. But if you think about it, it's a whole lot less scary than you running the ship, isn't it? It's a whole lot less scary than <clears throat> you being in charge and making it happen. You see, if you would let God have his way completely in every area of your life, stop trying to help him along, stop trying to make it happen. Wherever you know to do right, you do right. Whatever it costs you. You please him, you go his way, you let him rule in your life. That area where he's been pushing you and pushing you for so long, something to do that you've been saying, no, no. Yes, Lord. Release it and do it. Let God have his way. Do you not think that God could give you a bright new tomorrow? Do you, do you not think that Jacob, Jacob even, in his, <clears throat> even in his old days, could have enjoyed blessing upon blessing? Of course he could. He needed to come to God and give up on self, let self die, and let God have his way. And that's exactly what we need to do too. Look, the self-life will do you nothing but damage and cause you nothing but harm. But the life of God, that's something entirely different. Would you not yield to him today and let him have his way in your life? Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to pray. And as God is dealing with you, let me ask you, let me plead with you to respond to him, to come forward as the piano plays and do business with him. Don't miss the opportunity. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Listen, <clears throat> you know what? Stuff you need to deal with, other people can see better than you can see. That's the truth. Listen, I'll pray, and then as God is dealing with you, you step out of your seat, you come do business with him, and do it finally. Leave it in his hands. Let him have his way. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, for this man, Jacob. We thank you, Lord, for the fact that you record so faithfully, Lord, the folly of him trying to Use you to bless his life when, Lord, your heart is to bless all of us. But, Lord, we come to you today, and, Lord, we're people just like him. 
And Lord, we live for self. We do our own thing. We go our own way. And Lord, we plan and we scheme and we help and we make things happen. Now, bless the spirit of the living God. Would you move in hearts this morning? And would you draw people to you, Lord, where self gets forsaken and dealt with? And Lord, a new, sweeter life is born in you. In Jesus' name we pray.